Welcome to the uh, computer security seminar from um, uh, 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 Purdue uh, University uh, to to uh, uh, to today's uh, <coughs> speaker is uh, Professor uh, uh, Gail Jun An of uh, UNC uh, Charlotte. And he will speak on uh, secure information sharing within a uh, collaborative environment. Professor An. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> All right, actually, the, uh, this morning I worried about my trip because, because of the hurricane Ivan. But uh, fortunately, I didn't have any problem this morning. All right, I'm from the uh, <clears throat> UNC Charlotte. And as you might know, Charlotte is the uh, second largest financial service industries. The, definitely the top, and the number one is New York, and Charlotte is the second. We had the Bank of America in Wachovia. The headquarters are there, and also we have various small banks as well. So we've been working on the various the security projects. And USC Charlotte, we invest a lot of money on the security-related projects. And today, uh, I might not be able to discuss all of the projects that I've been working on. But uh, today I'll be talking about <clears throat> just one of the projects that we've been working on, the access control. And okay, uh, these are the, the uh, project sponsors for the USC Charlotte project. And also USC Charlotte, we are the uh, NSA Center of Academic Sciences. We got the designation 2001, and we got the redesignation last year as well. Today, uh, like I mentioned before, I will, talk, I will talk about access control, and access control, there are lots of issues. But today, we, uh, today I'll talk about just simple the, uh, access control, the issues, talking about uh, role-based delegation. But as you can see, there are lots of security technologies. And definitely, U.S. Charlotte, we've been working on various uh, security uh, problems. But today's topic is just access control. And Dr. Elisa Bortino and Dr. Lee Moon Lee, they've been working on the uh, same topics, but different you know, viewpoints. So I will talk about access control. So here is some of the lessons that I learned from my previous projects. The first, in order to solve some problems or issues and concerns uh, related to access control, you have to have clear understanding of environment. And also, some people say domain. So you have to have clear understanding of environment and domain. And once you have clear understanding of environment, you have to identify what kind of access control requirements you have in your organization or your, your environment. Based on requirements, you have to come up with access control model. And you know, to support the model, you have to specify certain policies based on organizational requirements or system requirements. Now, once you have model and policy, you have to develop some system. And definitely, you need a system architecture to support the model and policy specification. And you know, to implement system architecture, definitely, you have to choose the mechanisms. So these are the very important components of access control related to research. And maybe you may have some question, why you have to have policy specification? Because you already have access control model, so you, you might not need the policy specification. Here is the reason why we have to have model and policy specification, and why we have to the, uh, make distinction between model and policy. Let's say, you, um, let's say we have two organizations, they are using same access control model, but they might have different policies. Here's an example, maybe one organization they don't care about the, the following policies. Like same family members can work on same project. Or same family members can work on same department. But another organization, if, even though they are using same access control model, for example, discretionary access control model, in that division or in their, in, in, in their uh, department, they said same family members cannot work on same task. Same family members cannot be in the same department, etc. So that's why we have to have, make, we have to have some distinction between access control model and policy specification, et cetera. So, sounds like first you have to discuss about 
environment. I said, first, you have to look at environment and domain, etc. In the access control, the, com uh, the research community, we develop lots of formal model, lots of theoretical model, etc. But still, we have lots of problems in real-world application and also industrial applications because we have some gap between the industrial problems and research problems. So today, my talk will be more like the uh, lessons learned type of presentation. Uh, I'm not going to. I, I might not be able to discuss the details of each step that we went through, but I will mention some of the papers uh, that are dealing with the details of our the theoretical approaches. So maybe if you're interested in some of the steps or uh, the, the issues, then maybe you can take a uh, look at the papers, then you can learn more about it. So let's talk about environment. So these days, we are facing new generation. That is my opinion. Uh, Look at the uh, 70s or 80s. At the time, security was more like prevention and just protection and detection of some suspicious activities, you know, to protect your asset. But these days, everybody is willing to share their resource. Like information sharing is big issue. So the, my uh, the, uh, the theme is we have to develop some security for global sharing. So everybody is trying to share. But still, we have to ensure security objectives such as confidentiality, integrity, or availability. So, the balancing the uh, competing goals of collaboration or information sharing and the security is difficult. It's very challenging issues. So, today I will talk about how we can to minimize the uh, uh, some some risks between collaboration and risks in the particular domain. Uh, this talk, I'll talk about just one domain called healthcare industries. Uh, also, I will, I will talk about how our application, how our solution can, can be applied to other domain as well. Uh, I will talk about that part later on. So look at the uh, healthcare industry these days. They are using computer-based patient records to improve healthcare quality and reduce cost and to provide convenient access for the patient and also the healthcare providers. And you know, to have the computer-based patient records, that means all the patient records should be, digital, uh, should be stored in the computer. That means it should be digital format, right? So we have to have computer-based patient records and we have to have computer-based patient record systems. And then when you look at these two, uh, the bullet point, computer-based patient record means all kinds of information related to patient. It can be video, it can be image, or it can be some kind of file, and et cetera. And also when you look at these record systems, you know to have a system, you will have various entities who is, who is willing to access your systems from the machine or you, the human being itself, he can try to access the you know, system directly. So there are lots of issues in this healthcare industry domain. So here, we ju I just briefly discussed about the uh, healthcare industry, and I define healthcare industry as one of collaborative environments. And what is the issue? Uh, look at this example. We have patient Jennifer. And her primary doctor is Dr. Chen. So usually in this uh, the, uh, collaborative environment, you have to have three the notions to describe this collaborative environment. One is community. Another one is relationship. Another one is authorization. So we have two community here. And we have patient Jennifer. And between the patient Jennifer and the primary doctor, Dr. Chen, we have doctor and patient relations. And in order to provide service, healthcare service to patient Jennifer, Dr. Chen has an authorization to the patient Jennifer's record in healthcare information systems. Let's say uh, based on her family plan, plan, Jennifer becomes pregnant. So the Dr. Chen, she, uh, he is just primary, primary of the care physician, but he is not in orbit. Clinic. So 
the patient Geneva has to talk to generalized or OB clinic, the, uh, the doctors. In this example, Dr. Jane. So we have another relation between Dr. Jane and Jennifer, patient Jennifer, and between Dr. Chen and Jane, we have another relationship. And also, the, you know, to provide service, Dr. Jane has to access the patient Jennifer's record in healthcare information systems. So that means Dr. Jane, Dr. Chen, he has to give his privilege to Dr. Jane so that Dr. Jane can access that information. So in other words, Dr. Chen, Dr. Chen has to delegate his privilege to Dr. Jane, then Dr. Jane can access. And also, the another case is uh, the patient Jennifer might need to see specialist. Then we have another relation between Dr. Chen and Dr. White, and Dr. The White can access this information, the, the patient's information through Dr. Chen's uh, uh, privilege. So that means Dr. Chen has to delegate his privilege to Dr. Y so that Dr. Y can access uh, patient Jennifer's information. It's a simple collaborative environment. And in this particular environment, what is the issue? These are the research issues. Sounds like we need selective information is necessary. For example, even though Dr. Jen and Dr. Y, they have the privileges to access these healthcare information systems, that doesn't mean that they can see all the information. Okay, even though they, uh, the uh, uh, delegation has been done, but information sharing should be limited. So selective information sharing is necessary. And when you look at this example, information may be shared across organizational boundaries. That means each organization might have different access control policies how your delegation can be enforced or can be specified in different organizations. So information may be shared across organizational boundaries. And also it's impossible to fully predict what data should be shared and when and to whom. So it's very difficult to de determine the, uh, uh, the future of information sharing. So this is another challenging issue. And once you delegate your privilege to others, then we need a mechanism which can allow us to uh, revoke that uh, sharing privilege. So mechanism must be provided for revoking the sharing when it is no longer needed. So these are the issues. Then how can we solve it? So before that, here is the problem statement. How can we share critical information in a secure manner? <coughs> so here is uh, some motivation behind this project. Uh, before 9-11, we have lots of federal agencies. They are reluctant to share information together, right? But uh, after 9-11, they are trying to share the information together, but they are trying to share the information selectively. So there is some important issues. So we, that is the main uh, reason behind this project. We just chose two examples as collective environment. One is healthcare environment. Another one is law enforcement agency. I will talk about that part later. So then, uh, how can we share uh, critical information sharing, uh, info critical information in a secure manner? May, you may need strong authentication. And also you need access control, and you need identity management. So we look at these three areas. For authentication, we got uh, around $1.5 million from the Robert Johns, Found Robert Johns Foundation, it was uh, some group project. At the time, we looked at the various the healthcare provider, and each provider they are using different or various authentication mechanisms. The question is, can we develop a scalable authentication architecture which can understand various authentication schemes, various authentication mechanisms? So we developed some scalable authentication mechanisms which can understand the password-based authentication and smart card and token, even some of the uh, signature-based authentication as well. So you know, to do that, we used the token. Uh, that token was developed from the uh, Texas, one of the company in Texas, they call Java button. It's a small button. Uh, this, the uh, token, inside this token, we have co <coughs> some computer chips. Even you can upload Java applets and we also you can sign some information within that chip so your 
the private cannot be released from the chip, etc. So we developed some solution for the authentication. Now once we finish that part, definitely we have to have we have to look at access control because authentication can allow you to determine who the user is, but Without access control, you cannot determine what kind of privilege has been assigned to that user. So we have to have access control. And we look at the various access control models. So in this the domain, in this uh, collective environment, we look at role-based delegation. And also, we are trying to provide interoperable access management because we have various communities. So, so the, you may have different organizations, and the different organization might have different policy and different the enforcement mechanisms. Then how can we support uh, the, our access control model for the various uh, organizations? So we have to have interoperable access, access control management scheme. And also, at, uh, these days, we also look at identity management. Let's say you have various healthcare providers, and each healthcare provider might have various users, huge amount of number of users. So then how can we the control and how can we manage that, uh, the uh, identities for those the entities in this kind of domain? So we look at the uh, identity federation issue. We look at the Microsoft Passport and also Liberty Alliance specification. And we chose identity Identity Federation scheme, uh, the Liberty Alliance Identity Federation is good for this collaborative environment. So uh, right now with the Bank of America, we've been developing uh, privacy attribute management and Identity Federation architecture for a bank. Even though the, uh, our original idea was from the health, the healthcare and collective environment, some like the, uh, health, the uh, Financial Service Institute, they are very interested in um, privacy attribute management. So today, I'm not going to discuss all of them, but I'm going to focus on just access control part, role-based delegation and interoperable access management. OK. And in that uh, role-based delegation and interoperable access management part, what kind of research issues we can identify? First, I already mentioned the first bullet. Can we share information in a secure manner? That is the big question. And also, you may have another question. Do we need new security models for this environment? And what kind of security requirements and constraints or policies should be identified? And how can we specify those policies, constraints, or requirements? And how can we enforce security policies over distributed domain? And what kind of security architecture we have to use to support these models and also enforcement mechanisms. So we are trying to answer these research questions in this talk. First, then the first question was, do we need new security models? So in order to answer the question, we look at various access control models. And our conclusion was, it is generally accepted that role-based access control is more suitable for collaborative application than other access control mechanisms to meet the uh, requirements related to uh, the particular uh, collective environment. So that was some kind of the conclusion. But we realized that role-based access control cannot support delegation. Okay? So role-based delegation may allow users themselves to delegate role authorities to another user to carry out some functions authorized to the former. So in other words, using role-based delegation, you can provide business continuity, right? So, but existing role-based control model, they don't have delegation concept. So our, the, uh, the, our, the uh, uh, approach was, okay, we have to use role-based role access control, but we have to propose the additional component for the uh, role-based access control so that you can allow user to delegate their privilege, so-called role-based delegation. Then you may have some question. Why do we have to use role-based control? What is role-based control? Maybe some of you already knew about this role-based control. This is just uh, main points in role-based control. Role-based control, you are using role when you have to decide 
access control decision. When, when, when you have to make an access control decision, you have to use raw instead of identity or security clearance. So role means organization-specific access control policy. Organization-specific requirements or job function or job description, etc. And according to NIST's report, they said if your organization use role of access control for access control, then through 2006, you can save $671 million. So they said this role of access control can really nail uh, support development and adoption of new complex network security systems with significant contributions. And their definition of significant contribution is dollar amount, not number of papers, so it's different. <laughs> and also this role of access control has become widely accepted as proven technology, specifically for the, the organization who, that they, uh, who uh, that, uh, use uh, the role as access control decision, they are using uh, role, access, role access control for their solution. And these days, various uh, operating systems and database systems they are using role. For example, Oracle, they are using the notion of role. It's a long history. And also, the Windows, uh, Microsoft Windows, when they, uh, when they announced Windows NT, we were invited to their uh, Windows NT uh, announcement ceremony. And then main reason for invitation was they are using role. But the, when I look at their slide, they use the, the notion of role in Active Directory. So in order to manage Active Directory, the uh, authorized user can access certain object in Active Directory. And uh, authorized user means the user who has appropriate role administrator or network administrator, etc. So they use the role over there. And also the uh, uh, Sun, Solaris, they are using role. And especially the Trust OS, the concept in Solaris 8.0, they are using role in their NIS plus management. NIS is the same as directory server. In NIS, they are collecting all kinds of information, such as user information, group information, and network information. Etc. And then in order to manage that information, you have to use hierarchical structure in that administrative group. So they are using role in that part, in the part. And also IBM, Tyvoli, they are using role access control. So there are various systems are using the role access control. And what is role access control? Let me give you uh, access control 101. In access control, usually. Uh, Back in uh, 1971, according to the Lamson's idea access metrics model, you have three the conceptual notion. One is subject, another one is object, and we have access rights between subject and object. That is the access metrics model. And the discretion access control, they are using that kind of approach using ACL, access control list. The user can, the, uh, the object can have the access uh, right list for the users, so user can access the uh, certain objects based on their access privilege, and then also they can give some of access privilege to others based on their intention or their purpose, more like discretionary access control. And virtual environment, we have the uh, mandatory access control, and this mandatory access control, you have to specify your security clearance, your security level. And if your script level matched with the script level associated with the object, then you can access. So it's more like a security level based access control. And role access control, when you look at these two approaches, mandatory access control and discretion access control, whenever you have some changes, system administrator, you have to look at all the relationships and you have to debug. So it's a very tedious task and it's very complicate to manage this kind of, you know, complicate to administer this kind of environment. But if you're using the role, when you look at this slide, all you have to do is you have to just assign certain users to appropriate role. And also when you create the role, you have to give certain privilege to the particular role. Then all, then the system administrator's point of view, he has to just define what kind of role we have to have in our, our organization or our environment 
and what kind of permission has to assign to that particular role. That is the first stage. After that, he has to just assign user to role. Okay? And if the user has to uh, the revoke from some relationship with the object, you don't have to touch this permission part. You have to just revoke this user role assignment. That means user doesn't have to worry about their permissions because their permission can be dynamically changed in your organization. So user doesn't have to worry about it. The previous stage, the previous uh, the access control models, user has to worry about lots of issues related to permissions. Okay, so in role access control, you have the, the uh, notion of users and roles, and we have some hierarchical structure between the roles, like role hierarchies. Here's just an example. You have employee and doctor and junior doctor. It's a senior to the employee. And we have various doctors here, neurologists, through uh, primary care physicians. And also you have consultant. So you have role hierarchies and also permissions. This permission is access privilege assigned to that particular role. And also, you know, to support these concepts, you have to have some kind of policy or constraints. You have notion of constraints. So this, note, uh, this constraint can govern the entities in this uh, role access control model. So that is the just uh, basic idea of role access control. So that is the main reason why we uh, chose role access control. It's very uh, uh, convenient and easy to administer uh, your environment, and also you can, you can support the uh, collaborative environment. So that is one answer for the first question. And the second question was then, once you have a model, then you have to uh, identify requirements and policies, and you have to specify the policy. So we have to, we are trying to provide the uh, authorization language to express the delegation policies. And also, you know, to support this delegation model and language, we have to come up with supporting components. Right? And then we have to demonstrate uh, whether or not our, our the, uh, approach and framework is feasible through some reasonable uh, implementation, some uh, applicable or practical solution. So I will talk about our model and briefly talk about policy, and I will talk about our uh, system. What is the delegation? We only discussed the delegation several times. So delegation, through delegation, you can the uh, delegate your privileges, obvious definition. But also, like I mentioned before, through delegation, one of the important issue, one of the important benefit is you can achieve business continuity. That is a very important issue, especially bank and healthcare and other collective environment. Business continuity, business continuity is very important aspect because otherwise their business cannot succeed. So through the only the delegation can support business continuity. That is my point. Then what kind of issues are involved in delegation? There are lots of issues. Permanence and monotonicity or non-monotonic. And totality of the administration, and levels of delegation, and multiple delegation. And you may have various delegation forms as well. Maybe I cannot discuss all of them because we don't have, we have just 20 minutes from now. But the important part is, let's look at the first one and this, this uh, the multiple delegation. First one, permanence. So once you delegate your privilege to others, the question is, then that, that once you delegate it, then uh, your delegation will be the, the your, your delegated privilege can be um, used by that the delegate forever, or you have to put some certain uh, time duration so that time is expired and delegation will be revoked. So there are very, there, there, there are issues related to that, the permanence issues. And another issue is once you delegate your privilege to your uh, coworker, then you, you should be able to specify, okay, this delegation should be just one step. or my delegation can be delegated further. For example, I'm, in, I'm at Indiana right now. For example, in my office, 
I can delegate my privilege to my RA, my, my PhD students. I can give my key to him. And, but somehow, right now, he is attending the conference right now. So he has to give my key to another user. So you can provide multiple delegation, like multi-step delegation too. So there are various issues. Anyway, I will mention about uh, the papers that we wrote about these issues so that if you're interested in these issues, you can take a look at it. So once we identify delegation issues, the next question is obviously revocation. How can we revoke the delegation? So there are a few issues. Cascading revocation. Once you delegate the, uh, your privilege to the, another user, and also another user delegate his privilege to another user. And cascading revocation means if I want to revoke the delegation, you have to look through all the uh, delegation path and you have to revoke all of them. Or if you can just revoke in, in, uh, immediate delegation, it will be non-cascading revocation. And another issue is only the delegator can revoke or any member in the, in sports, uh, any member who has the same role can revoke that the delegation. So it will be the grant dependent revocation or grant independent revocation. So we have various issues in revocation as well. So in these two slides, I mentioned about this is delegation and revocation. And let's look at the model part. Uh, in this uh, talk, I didn't bring all the details about the model. I just bring just one slide from the, the model part. This is main the idea for the role-based role delegation model. So we look at the role-based access control, and the idea was user has the system system administrator has to assign user to a certain role, and before that user has the system administrator has to determine the uh, the role and the relationship between the role and object. In other words, you, the system administrator has to assign the permissions to that role. Okay. But when you look at the delegation issue, we have to have the new notion called delegator and delegatee. Not, and then also we have original role and delegated roles. So in order to develop the, uh, the model, we have to have notion called original user and role relation. And user the relation between user and delegated role. That means if I want to delegate my role to another user, that means I'm asking or I'm initiating the following procedures. This user has to be assigned this user has to be assigned to this delegated role. So that means you have additional the new component called the uh, assignment between user and delegated role then that the delegatee can enjoy the delegated role. So that is the main reason for this distinction. Okay. And once you have this original user and delegate, original user and role relation and original user and delegated delegation, a delegated role, then you can develop the delegation relation. So once you have delegation relation, you have to have authorization relation. Who can delegate and how and how much? Okay. So through this can delegate authorization relation, you can specify what kind of role can be delegated under certain condition and how many times. And also you have to have a revocation, authorization relation it can be grant-dependent revocation or grant-independent revocation. Through this revocation authorization, you should be able to enforce a revocation issue. So we have delegation relation and a delegation authorization and revocation authorization. Then you know to uh, support multiple, uh, multiple delegation, you have to keep track of all the delegation transactions. We call delegation path. So delegation path should be determined. So delegation path, you know, you know to uh, 
keep the delegation path, you have to have certain notions. So I will show you that uh, approach that we took later on. And once you have the delegation path, and you can collect all the delegation paths together, then you will have some kind of the web. In other words, delegation tree. So you can keep the delegation tree to maintain some kind of redundant, redundant delegation. And also using this delegation tree, you can leverage the, your, your revocation approaches as well. So here is the example. The delegation relation, this is the example. You have director and you have lead physician PL1 and the PC1 means collaborator physician. So we, in this delegation, the John, he is a director, and he uh, the delegate lead physician role to Kathy. And after that, Kathy, she delegate collaborator physician role to Mark and Ruiz. And the John, uh, who was the director, he delegate collaborator physician role to the David again. So this is just delegation relation. So this delegation relation should be uh, should satisfy the that uh, can delegate authorization. And once you have this kind of delegation relation, you can easily develop delegation path. And if you can collect this all the delegation path and the delegation uh, the relations, then you can develop delegation tree. So using this delegation tree, you can easily debug the uh, delegation and also you can find whether or not we have any uh, cycle within the delegation or any violation of constraints, etc. So it will be very convenient for you to check. And this is example of weak revocation. This is the same as similar to the previous one. So we have this additional here. Yeah. So this is a delegation tree, and I'd like to, for example, not the, uh, the John, he wants to delegate, uh, he wants to debug the Kathy's role, Kathy's delegated role. In this case, non-cascading weak debug. So you can just debug the Kathy's the role, but still the Mark and Ruiz, they can enjoy their delegated uh, roles. But if we are trying to support strong and cascading revocation, then whole the surgery, the, the node will be gone once you uh, invoke the strong revocation modules. That's the example. So we just look at briefly look at the role-based delegation models. You have delegation relation, and we have authorization, two authorizations, and you know to support that delegation model, we have delegation path and tree and delegation relation. And once you have the model, you have to specify the policy. You have to specify the rules. And we use rule-based language. There are two reasons for the, our choice, our decision. And this, you know, to use rule-based the language, use a rule-based language, you have three concepts, functions, and rules, and policies. And the Dr. Elisa Bertino and Dr. Lingli has been working on it, and then maybe you already read several papers related to this kind of uh, the basics about rule-based language. And using this basic components, you can specify uh, the policies. This is just basic rules, delegation authorization rules, and cascading rules, and etc. Once you have basic rules, and then through the basic rules, you can drive various authorization rules. This is just based the base rules, delegation authorization rules. Through this rule, currently this is one example of our delegation, derivative rules, delegation authorization derivation rules. So in this case, we have to check senior, who is the senior, and you can check whether or not this user is active or not. So you can put various the component in these derivative rules based on your organization of policies. And also, you can specify policy, and also you can <coughs> specify the uh, constraints as well. So, just one example: so separation of duty. I think, <coughs> excuse me. I think you are familiar with the notion of separation of duty. Uh, here is some example from bank. 
let's say you have purchase manager role and you have account payable role. And simple separation of duty concept doesn't allow this allow you to assign the single user to both roles because then uh, then he can commit the fraud easily because he can purchase goods and he can be, uh, he can uh, issue the check using his account payable the roles. So you have to have some kind of distinction between the mutually exclusive roles. So user cannot assign to the conflicting roles and also the conflicting users cannot work on same task and conflicting permissions cannot be assigned to same role. And also you may have you, you may put some the uh, number maximum number of user role assignment or permission role assignment like cardinality constraints as well. So those are the, the constraints. So this is a summary of role based delegation. Sounds like you already have role based access control model in ninety six and we have administrative role access control to manage role access control. But in this talk, we propose role-based delegation model which can support delegation in role access control. So this uh, the, the notion of delegation is a little bit different from trust management. We are trying to develop delegation notion inside existing role access control. That is the difference. And this is the components that we developed to support role-based delegation. And the role-based delegation, the, uh, the framework can be found in Asian transactions on information and system security of the papers. Okay. And there are various related works, obviously role-based control literature and delegation literature and collaboration literature and also the semantics, like how to specify policies. So we look at the various the, uh, approaches. Okay, so we have the model. Then next question is usability issue and applicability issues. Like I mentioned before, we have lots of access control models, but still industry, they are not using those models. Here is, here's, I think, good example. Still the bank, they are using just username and password for their online banking systems authentication. Even though you have nice authentication mechanisms such as smart card or bioinformatics, or biometrics, but they are not using it, right? Because we have some gap between industrial the application and the research world. So here, my argument is once you develop the model, then you have to apply the model to real world application and real world systems. Then you can prove the feasibility and applicability and usability of your approach. So we developed some systems. Our system has uh, several components, actual service, because you are dealing with a role, and then your role can be uh, the exchanged across the boundaries. So that means you, have, you should be able to carry your attribute, your role, across the boundaries. So you have to provide certain service for that, attribute service. And obviously you have to specify policy, so policy service should be there. And we are dealing with delegations. So we have to have some component which can <coughs> be in charge of delegation and revocation issues. And also you have to have authentication and access control agents. So once you delegate, a delegation agent is for just delegation and revocation. Delegation agent cannot support access control decisions. So that's why we have to additional component called access control agent, but this agent will determine whether or not user can access based on their privileges. So this is some relationship between the, uh, the each component. You have a user wants to delegate certain privilege to the user, then that request goes through delegation agent, and delegation agent will check the role service and the rule service, and then you can check whether or not we have the violation or the, any uh, conflict between the, the delegation request, and if the, uh, everything is fine, then finally the user can delegate uh, the uh, privilege to the user, other users, and other user can access the objects. So, in order to support attribute service, we use attribute certificate, we are so-called 
privilege management infrastructures. I think you guys are familiar with PKI, public key infrastructure. And uh, along with the public key infrastructure, we have additional notion called privilege management infrastructures. In that, the privilege management infrastructures, infrastructures we have attribute certificate. PKI, they are using just, uh, uh, they issue the certificate with the subject information and the subject's public information, right? But attribute certificate is different. Attribute certificate, you don't have public. We have just user information, and then you can put the user's attributes, user's privilege information here, okay? in this case, role. And then you can sign that certificate, and you can issue. So this certificate will go to access control, uh, the, the user. And from the access control server's perspective, okay, here's the example. User received this certificate, so he will know, okay, this is my, my name, holder, and this is my role, let's say director. And he can present that certificate to the access control server. And from access control, control server's perspective, he has to know what kind of permissions, what kind of access privileges are assigned to that particular role, okay? And look, uh, when I discussed about collaborative environment, we, uh, we, according to our example, we have various uh, the, the organizations. That means within your organization, your server will know what kind of permission should be assigned. But other domain, they don't know, right? So in that case, you have to issue another certificate to that uh, uh, the access control server. This certificate uh, includes just role information and associated privileges, like access rights or permissions. So that access control server can know, okay, at least you just present the role, the delegate, uh, the director role certificate. And according to this certificate, director role can enjoy these permissions. Okay, so we are using attribute certificate and the details can be found in this paper. And using that certificate, you can, you can uh, deliver or you can carry your uh, role information to the system. And from system server's perspective, you should be able to specify rules. So you have to, de we develop the rule editor and this using the rule editor, you can specify the uh, healthcare-related policies. And then using these tools, finally the user can delegate their privileges. Here, sorry for the small point, small point here, we have user Dr. Chen, based on our example. Dr. Chen, he opened the session. Currently his role is primary care physician, primary care provider, and he has certain certificate here, attribute certificate, and he's trying to delegate to delegate neurologist role to Dr. Jane. And this is the duration. So for the convenience, we just use Microsoft excellent feature here. So we use we develop this interface to support it. Okay. And also we apply that approach to uh, law enforcement agency look at the law, law enforcement agency. Each officer, they are dealing with various case, crime cases, okay? And if he has to go to another place, then he has to delegate his privilege to another officer, and another officer can take over the crime. So that is the uh, some of the approach. So I will skip some of the slides, and I will just present the last slides. We don't have enough time. Okay. So, so this is ongoing project and future works. I've been working with uh, various issues, like how we can support delegation in wireless, and how we can develop, how we can determine the role, in other words, role engineering, and how we can identify vulnerabilities, et cetera. So we are working on these kind of research issues, and this is a future uh, research work. And also this approach can be applied to military environment. The military, in, uh, by 2025, some of the soldiers will be replaced by robot. That means each robot has to communicate with each other, they have to share the information. The question is, how can you support secure information sharing between robots? 
and also in the critical infrastructures, they have to communicate with each other and have to share information to provide good quality service. So that is a good area too. So this is summary. This first attempt, and we developed the role-based access control, role-based delegation model, and we articulated the various issues. And also we uh, demonstrate the feasibility of our work through the proof of concept implementation. And this work has been supported by National Science Foundation and Department of Energy Korea Award. Okay, uh, that's, that's all I have. So if you have any questions, I'm happy to thank you. Are there any questions? We may have time for one or two. Yes. Yeah. Do you know of <coughs> like open source implementation of X509 attribute certificate? X509 certificate. Attribute certificate. Part, I don't. I, I don't think we have open source implementation. But open SSL, you can look at some of. Yeah, sure. But attribute certificate has not been widely accepted. Because still, you know, but, uh, in order to answer that question, still the uh, we are not using PKI for authentication. So without PKI, you cannot use as attribute certificate. We don't see any flow in the design. Mm, I don't think that that uh, the issue is from their design. Okay. Issue is mainly the management. Key management and the vocation issues. Mm -hmm. That is the same as the uh, PKI issues. Right. So, but I like the PMI approach. So we are trying to use this PMI approach for the banks. So they, uh, if you are trying to apply this kind of PKI or PMI, you have to choose closing bar, like trusted environment. Mm -hmm. Then you can easily apply. Any other questions? I think, well, why don't we, uh, 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 why don't we thank our speaker then?